It is Tuesday, December 13th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The Patriots handle the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. And the Cardinals look like they lost more than a game. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. New England Patriots get back in the win column, 27-13 winners over the Cardinals. But in that game, Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray exits with what some are fearing is a torn ACL, and that's going to be the Vegas lead, AJ. The Cardinals, yes, lose to the Patriots. Their playoff hopes, they're not making the playoffs, but losing Kyler Murray now for the rest of the season, again, lost season anyway, but this is a huge blow to a team that was not playing well to begin with. Yeah, just when you think things can't get worse, and by the way, now 1-7 and at home this year, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, they do get worse. Uh, they've now lost five out of six, and they lose what looks like for, for the rest of the season, I'm sure, Kyler Murray, who sources are saying it, it looks like it's a torn ACL. So um, disaster, and this is on the first series of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, It's a non-contact injury. No one touched him. He, he went down before he was touched, in fact, at yep. all. Um, it, it looked that way at the time, and obviously – uh, that's going to put him in doubt to start next season. Yeah, exactly. So Colt McCoy now will take over, presumably, for the rest of the season. 27 of 40 passing for 246 yards, no touchdowns. He did throw an interception, and he pulled a little Kyler Murray, five carries for 24 yards. Yeah, and I think the bigger concern for Kyler is, you know, this is a guy who a lot of what makes him him, what makes him good mm-hmm. Is that uh, the running that, ability? Yeah, that, that mm-hmm. ability to to scramble and and kind of just make things happen and to be f- quite frankly just faster than everybody else. You wonder if that takes a hit long term, and we see this all the time with running quarterbacks. One injury leads to another injury, leads to another, and how many of those before they just become guys who were able to run when they were young, and now they're just pocket quarterbacks, and. Kyler Murray can throw the ball. Don't get me wrong. Kyler Murray's got a great arm. But Kyler Murray is just much more effective when he can move around in that pocket. Mm-hmm. And this this is the scary thing about paying a fully guaranteed long-term contract. That's right. And, and so much was made of that contract. Uh, you just think back to quarterbacks that have dealt with the ACL injuries. You know, there's obviously there's the bad when, you know, Carson Palmer. This, but then, you know, the, the, the surgeries have gotten much better since back sure. then. Um, even, even more better now than when Tom Brady had his or when uh, RG3 had his. Uh, but Deshaun Watson had an ACL, and he came back and and was pretty effective. And he also missed time for other reasons. Um, So, And here's the thing. It wouldn't have been unreasonable for the Cardinals to have Kyler Murray play on a fifth-year option. Like, they paid him as early as possible. And sure, you've got him locked up, but you didn't have to. And now you're in this situation where, I I don't know, I, I, I... 
My guess is th- that contract ends up looking bad at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I obviously I didn't like it to begin with. I'm not a Kyler Murray guy, but I, I think now the it goes from being like seventy percent likely that it ends up being a bad deal to about eighty five percent likely. I would agree with that, and it, this might ultimately lead to Cliff Kingsbury losing his job. Cliff Kingsbury signed through 2028. He's got about as much financial security yeah. as Kyler Murray. They That's can't get so rid of gross. this guy. It's crazy. That's so gross. Yeah. I mean, you can't. I defy you to find a team who's got this kind of talent that can go three and eight. Like, at least with the Rams, you can look at it and go, oh, they've had a bunch of bad injuries. Mm-hmm. I guess the Cardinals have had injuries as well, but the Cardinals team that was on the field, at least starting. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, JJ Watt. They're like you've got you've got big time players on this team and they're just doing nothing. It's 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 got to be coaching. At some point it has to be coaching. Mm-hmm. And I don't think of much I don't think much of Cliff as a coach. Um I think if the the beauty of Cliff and Kyler is they both run the other's system about as well as you could ask. Mm-hmm. So I think that pairing them makes a lot of sense. But, man, now we're going to see what Cliff does without Kyler. Woof. I, and, I don't like what I'm going to see here. And their next opponent is the best defense in the NFL. Oh, because boy. they're playing against the Broncos. It's going to be the backup quarterback bowl because we don't know about Russell Wilson's status. So we could very well see a Colt McCoy-Brett Rippin matchup. There's no lineup for this game right oh, now. Oh, there is. Arizona oh. minus one and a half. Vandal. Is it? Okay. Arizona minus one and a half. Yep. Is that assuming Russell Wilson or Brett Rippin? I, I guess Brett I, Rippin, I don't know. Right? I don't know what it's assuming. Yeah. But I, like, I don't know that there's— What's the total? That's a good question. It's got to be 39. Yeah, it's it's going to be one of the lower. But although, man, listen, Colt McCoy, you saw a little bit. And the, the Patriots are good defense. Uh, and you saw Colt McCoy move the ball a little bit. Not a lot. He scored one touchdown. Uh, yeah. Against the Patriots. Yeah. I, I'm not saying they were what good. Gonna, what are they going to do against the Broncos? I, I'm guessing not much. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing not much. Let's see. The, uh, the total on the Patriots game, or excuse me, the Broncos-Cardinals game. 36 and a half. I said 39. I was, I was too generous. 36, 39 and a half was before last night's game. Okay. Yeah, 36 and a half now that makes with more no sense. Kyler Murray. Yeah, that makes more sense. The, I, I can't see this team. The, the rest of their schedule, so they got the Broncos, then they play the Bucks, Falcons, and 49ers. We can stop caring about the rest of the schedule because the Cardinal, Cardinals are going nowhere. Like, Cardinals are playing for a draft pick now. What do they do with that draft pick? That's a really good question. What do they do with that draft pick? I mean, obviously, quarterbacks out of, out of the question. What, well, like, they've got a, line? a ton of needs. Uh, I, I, I think that's something to Who's really their consider. Their best offensive lineman, Kelvin Beecham. I mean, I mean they got to go offensive line, right? I think you probably have to. Or defense. There's so many holes on their defense too. And boy, that's a that's a that's a really good question because it's going to be a a solid pick. What do they do with it? I, I don't know. I, all I know is they've got a lot of holes to fill. This is not a good football team. Kyler Murray coming back isn't going to save everything because they had Kyler Murray all year this year, and they just weren't very good. Um, you know, I, I've I've seen people talk about them drafting uh, a high level running back, which I think they're going to be, they dra- dra- be drafting too high to How do, do you that. Dra- I mean. No running, running backs aren't going to go in the first round. I, oh, Bijan Robinson's going to oh, go in the top ten. I think he will. I don't think so. I'll bet you right now, even money. The Bijan Robinson goes in the yeah. top ten. I'll take the over ten. Okay. Yeah. Done. Here, hold on. <laughs> let's, let's do it. I'll take the over ten. But yeah, I, I think that there's they're a team that's got a lot of options. Quarterback isn't one of them. 
So they they do need a lot of things, but I don't know that there's a player in in the top ten of the draft that's like, oh, this is what's going to fix the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are just a bad team. Yeah, it's, just, it's best available player at that point. But uh, the season certainly over for the Arizona Cardinals at four and nine now, and uh, without Kyler Murray as the starting quarterback. As for the Patriots, nice win keeps them alive in the playoff picture. And if you look at the playoff projections, like according to 538, we looked at this earlier, the Patriots have a better chance to make the playoffs than than the Jets do because they have the yep, tiebreaker over the Jets. Right now, the Pats are the seventh seed in the playoff picture at seven and six. Do you think the Patriots make the playoffs? No. The Patriots' remaining schedule is gnarly, uh, is the, the nice way to put it. Uh, going down the stretch, and we, we talked on yesterday's show about the Chargers down the stretch, their, yep. their remaining schedule, very, very forgiving. The Patriots are at the Raiders, mm. then home Bengals, home Dolphins, at Buffalo. That's they, your last four games. They, they could lose conservatively three out of four. I think so. They I, might lose all four. I, I mean, I think they have to win at the Raiders. What a game, Josh McDaniels against uh, against uh, Belichick. And I think I'm guessing the Cardinal, or I'm guessing the uh, the Patriots stay on the West Coast for this uh, play. They, but I, I don't know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would assume that's going to be the case. But for if, the, what's what, what's the schedule for? They play. They were at Arizona. Now they're at the Raiders. Yeah, it's short week, I would assume. Yeah. Yes, so I, I would assume they stay out on the West Coast. I, I, I also would assume they don't stay in Las Vegas. Nah. Uh, Bill Belichick, too smart for that. But if consider if you're thinking we're going to make the playoffs, you're seven and six right now. The at the Raiders is a must win with Bengals, Dolphins, and Bills. Your last three games, it's a must win. If you lose to the Raiders, I, I think there's almost no shot the Patri- the Patriots make the playoffs. No shot. Wow. Bengals, Dolphins, Bills? Yeah. You have to get that Raiders game. I would say no shot as well. And by the way, the Patriots are staying in Arizona. There's the move. Before going to Vegas for Sunday's game against the Raiders. There's the move. Don't come to Vegas. Don't do that. It's a four-hour drive. It's not bad. From from Phoenix to, to here? Distractions up here. A lot of distractions up here. I mean, Patriots where they gonna, don't where, need that. Where are they going to practice? Yeah, Come on. Yeah. Stay in Arizona. It, and it's nicer weather, I guess. No, a little chilly over yeah, here. Yeah, probably. Well, it's been nice here lately. Yeah. Uh, this was a weird game because I, it, did you walk away feeling real good about the Patriots? I sure didn't. No. What, the, it, whole this is a, changed, uh, the whole thing changed for me once Kyler went down. whole thing changed for me. Yeah. Uh, but also, this was a game where Ramondre Stevenson went down with an injury. Yeah. He's been one of the better players for mm-hmm. the, the Patriots offensively. And they were already without Jacoby Myers in this game. And, and then Devontae Parker leaves the game, too. Yeah. So, like, now they're without their top but two receivers. You know, it's Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, and literal, running backs that I literally hadn't heard of, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, like – I feel like Pierre Strong went to like a weird school, like uh, like North Dakota or something like that. Uh, Pierre Strong went to South Dakota State. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Like I say, he went to yeah one of those schools. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, it's just a like this isn't a viable NFL offense. Like how how many how many games are you going to win? Like you can't play the Cardinals mm-hmm. every week. How do you keep this rolling? I don't know that there's an answer for that. So I, nice win for the Patriots. Nice for them to get back into the the playoff mix, but. Long term, you know, coming off two losses, they needed to get back in the win column for sure. I still don't feel great about what I saw. This doesn't feel like a playoff team. 
As we talk about the Patriots and their pursuit of a playoff spot in the AFC, one of the teams that they are competing with is the Los Angeles Chargers, who AJ is very fond of. No, 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 no. I'm very fond of the Chargers quarterback. Yes, that is. That is there's that a is lot true. I don't like. That, that is true. Uh, joining us for a special appearance this morning is R.J. Bell. Good morning, R.J. Oh, we still got to talk about the Chargers? Oh, God. All right, Chargers win. Go ahead, AJ. Uh, this was the... This was the all right, redemption that was game Next for. Game. Oh, okay. go ahead. This was the game that Justin Herbert kind of shut up all the doubters. It felt like you are high as a kite. Emmanuel Acho has been for a month on Fox Sports saying Tua's the better quarterback than Justin Herbert, and now the dude looks like a clown. Really? Because of one game. So all the games Tua played better. It says you just wait. There's going to be one. It's like if if I'm shooting Larry Bird in threes, there's going to be a series of shots where if he shoots and I shoot, he shoots, that I'm going to make Now think about last season's it. Justin Herbert and last season's Tua. Okay, but luckily it's not last season's. It's this season. Well, he said he's a better quarterback. And quarterbacks evolve, right? Yes. Tom Brady was a top guy, and now you're saying he should retire. Yeah. I don't believe that Tua's evolved past Justin Herbert. So you disagree with him, but the thing I'm telling you, and I disagree with him, the thing I'm telling you is saying that one game him playing better is is like the he shuts everyone up. Well, what happens if next game Tua plays better than Herbert? Does that change at all? Oh, maybe. No, it doesn't. It's insane to think that. It's over the course of an extended period of time. How good are you? But I'll tell you And this, over the course of their Tua careers, it's not close. Tua. Yeah, but what matters now if if it comes time for the Hall of Fame, all right, let's use an example. Would you rather have Geno Smith or Baker Mayfield? And Geno Smith. Who has played better over the course of their career? Baker Mayfield. Do you see the difference? Yes. Do you see that it could be that with Tua and Herbert? And it has been in that if you just look at the results this year, Tua has played better. That's unequivocally true. Okay. I mean, but I mean, let's look. We got on PFF, or not we, but PFF has Tua number five. And QBR has him number two. You know, the only people above them, Mahomes and Allen. That seems crazy, but, yeah. And then we've got um, Herbs, as we call him, number 14 and number 12. So it's like, this year he hasn't played as well. Has he got more potential? Hell yeah. But why would one game shut everyone up, is my question. I guess because they're on the field together, same draft class. But they're never playing each other. Oh, they're always playing each other. What do you mean? Quarterbacks like are always competing against each other. Yeah, but that's kind of the thing, right? Is mm-hmm. in a way you're you can't do anything to stop them. No. So you know, it's like your D again. Yeah. I mean, listen, it certainly focuses the conversation. I'm not debating sure. that. I'm just saying, I think if anything, it causes you to want to look. I agree. Herbert's had a better career so far. Herbert has more potential so far. Herbert played a better game most recently so far. All's true. But this season, two has played better. I agree. How do you weight that? I mean, I'm not saying you. I know how you weighed it. But, I mean, that's a question. How do you weigh this Scott? I, before the game, I mean, I was on the Dolphins. So, I, I had two above Justin Herbert this year. You do a good job when you, in my opinion, when you like a team, you follow them. And then you – and I'm not trying to say this as opposed to AJ because he's a fan when it comes to Herbert and, and Buffalo. But he's not with anyone else. And he's not negative anyone else. So, I think generally you look at things with clear eyes. You tend to get on a team and like him. But what I like about it is you'll jump off. Yeah. All right. What did you have you seen in Miami the last couple of weeks? Anything that troubles you, or are you still optimistic? Yeah, no, it troubles me because um, it seems like the timing routes are not as crisp as they mm. were. Like there were a couple of plays in that in game the of the field, last night where away, yeah, away. where two is throwing the ball 
before his receivers turn around, okay, which means it's a timing route. Which are almost all his routes are. Yes, and Tyreek Hill's turning around, and he's nowhere near where the ball is thrown. Jalen Waddell, nowhere near where the ball is thrown. And to me, that's a problem. And, yeah, the, in the beginning of the season, it seemed like everybody was crisp on the same page. Tua, would, he had the quickest, second quickest release in the entire NFL. Anticipation was and the word you heard a lot. As soon as, the, as soon as he got the shotgun snap, he was two steps, boom. Ball was out of his hands. Quick slant route to Tyreek Hill, catch and run for a touchdown. Like, it just it, – the offense was so – crisp and I'm not seeing it now I'm seeing a lot of Tua's holding on to the ball longer because he's waiting for routes to develop and I think that there's something to be said about the way teams are defending them now I think it's similar to what happened to the Chiefs last year exactly the league adjusted to what they were doing they said okay we're tired of you beating us up like this I think that that's what's happening because we've seen it now two weeks in a row where the way that teams are dropping back and playing, you want to call it the shell coverage, you want to call it whatever, they're dropping back and they're saying, okay, Tua, we're going to give you all the time here, but See, I don't think that's we're taking, right. thing, we're taking it away. I think, if anything, the Tua offense is built to go against the too high because he doesn't want to throw deep. I, I think the thing is they want— But they're, being phys- they're also being physical at the line of scrimmage. That's what I'm receivers. saying. I think San—remember, San Fran plays a lot of man-to-man. Mm-hmm. One of the things—that was last week's game. One of the things we talked about was if San Fran can't play man-to-man, no one can play man-to-man, which means you're going to be forced to play the too high, which means you're going to give him the soft stuff, which means he's good at that. I think 49ers gave something—remember, Staley— Whatever you want to say about him, he is one of the guys. He's supposed to be a defensive genius, yeah. Well, he certainly innovated with Fangio. I don't know if he innovated with him, but he was with Fangio. And when he went to the Rams, he was very good. He probably saw something the 49ers were doing because they run it. You know, if I'm not, yeah, they they run more man-to-man beneath it. But they they play their two safeties, you know, split field, I guess as they call it. So maybe, and I'm speculating, 49ers showed him something and said, that's going to work, mm-hmm. and that's interesting because the, the the men on, the players on the Chargers shouldn't have been able to do that. No, with the 49ers, it was kind of like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. With the Chargers, it didn't. It's clearly now something schematic. And now, well, possibly, but likely, I would say. Now the question is, what is it? If it has another bad week, now the maybe. one play that was really concerning for me was the deep pass early in the game. Might have been in the first quarter where the ball landed really close to Tyree Kill, and he looked like, A, he either wasn't expecting the ball, or B, Collinsworth was like speculating that maybe he lost it in the lights or just didn't mm. see it or whatever. But it was a route that it, it, it should have been open. It could have been a touchdown if Hill runs to where the ball was thrown. And it was just really concerning for me because I'm like, wait, that's was he not expecting the ball? Something's off about this play. And it just continued all night. But that was one that really stood out to me. All right. So Chargers with a nice win. Now the question is, can both receivers stay healthy? Is that the only question? If it is, and, and let's be honest, though. The defense played well without even James. They get James back, which they will. They get Bosa back. Now the D should get better. Well, you know. Would you buy in on the Chargers now, considering the potential to be healthy? No. Because I just believe there's something. I think usually with teams that underperform so much, there's something. that Now, remember, there's two levels of this, the institutional stuff. The Chargers have underperformed for 20 years. Effectively, if you look at the season wins and the results, I, I don't – Mackenzie, how far back have we done that for? Uh, 2000. Okay, so we could say how many games plus or minus the Chargers are since 2000. Pretty, yes. pretty easy. My win total, yeah. I'll do that right now. All right, and and if it's if it's something you can just drag, I'd like to see where they rank. 
Because I, I'm going to make a major bet they're in the top three, if not number one. I'm sure, but there's a lot of people right now who are high on the Lions, who are a historical loser. There's a lot of people there's right now who are high on the Jets, Hold a on, historical listen loser. Listen closely, though. I'm saying based upon expectation, right? The Chargers every year seems to be a hot team for about 10 years now. Okay. And then they. I bet they know the Super Bowl last year. They underperform. Everyone has a yeah. painful story about that. They underperform every year. So, and what's the story? They have cheap owners. So, what does that do? Does it cause the team to lose foe? Do they get mad and like, we don't want to win for these? I'm not saying they're trying to lose. I'm saying that last little bit. I don't know. But is it is it is it the formerly San Diego or the LA weather? I don't know. You know, but it it seems like too much of a coincidence. This team just loses and loses and loses. Then you get Staley, who probably got that job prematurely. I mean, he probably would have been. Listen, when you get seven million a year, you got to take it because now you've hit the lottery. He might again. There's a lot of. Well, listen, you make so much as a coordinator, you're probably okay. But there's a lot of coordinators that were the hot thing. Joe Brady, they were talking about him yeah. getting a, a, a head job. Mm-hmm. And now he's a quarterback's coach. And he might climb back up, but like, you got to strike when the iron's hot. Sure. I think it was premature. But I also think the Chargers don't want to spend the money. The Spanoses don't like to spend, which is why I like our bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll see. I, I tell you, though, as a quick aside, That's I how like— how change the culture. Yeah. We have to sell the team to do that. <laughs> I, I I actually like though Peyton as an I mean I'm not saying he should, he should do what he wants obviously but he's good I think talk like on Colin or whatever he gives some insight other people don't give mm-hmm. have you enjoyed have you listened to any of that yeah what do you think I like Sean Payton I think Sean Payton is like but we're talking what, about as a media guy right yeah now. what I what, that's what I'm talking about too I, when I hear Sean Payton talk on TV compared to like someone like Jason Garrett mm-hmm. it's like. Wow, yeah. It's no, not even close. Yeah, yeah. No wonder. Yeah. No wonder. <laughs> but uh, no wonder they lost so much. <laughs> well, the Giants are the ones that liked no, it. No wonder, no wonder the, the Cowboys were always talking about firing Jason Garrett and trying to get Sean Payton back. Wow, I was wrong. Okay. Now, this is good word from this is some good word from Mr. McKenzie. All right. Shows you when you have your data straight. Good job. All right. Who's the, who has underperformed by the most this century? All right. We're going to start with number eight. No, by underperform, you mean compared to their preseason projections? Yes, the win total. Okay. So win total is 10, you win eight games, you're minus two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And nothing with the playoffs. So, number eight, the Chargers. They've lost .6 games more than expected. Houston next. Now, that surprised me because they had all those years making the playoffs. All right. The Raiders next. All in the .6 range. Tampa Bay next. Yeah, you can't shake that. Even a couple good years. Washington. Cleveland, Detroit. So again, they were supposed to be bad, but they were even worse. <laughs> and Jacksonville, the worst. Who's at the opposite end of that? Jacksonville, spectrum? one point. Oh, Belichick. <laughs> New England at one point two games. So the only what was the the, the bad number at the top? One point right. four. So the wor- the most extreme case is Jacksonville minus one point four, and then it was what Detroit minus one point four also, but four point seven and four point two. And then the third best was in the only winner, Bellet. So, oh, I like this. New England plus 1.2 games. It's wild. Pittsburgh's going to the Super. Big Ben and crew, number the next, second best. But they're almost over 0.2 games less. Then there's like a 0.28 games to Green Bay. Now, let's see here. Tom Brady, Big Ben, Aaron Rodgers and Favre. Okay, Drew Brees. Baltimore. Okay, now that's a team that hasn't had great quarterbacks. I mean, Indianapolis, Peyton Manning, and now, uh, well, Andrew Luxa, huh? 
Tennessee. Now there's a lot of winning for a guy. Have they had a good quarterback? I mean McNair, but that was hardly even a long time ago. Yeah. So it's interesting the teams that can win without it. But it kind of tells. But what we see is back to the losers. There seems to be institutional issues. Yes. Jacksonville, there's issues. Detroit, there's issues. The top four are like glaring. Yes. And really, if you go to top eight, with the exception of Tampa. And I mean, Tampa's got their own issues. We mm-hmm. saw that in this offseason. Yeah. But those might Al be the, se- the, the seven most dysfunctional franchises. And I wouldn't have said that about Houston until recently, but yeah. So it shows you. I do think it was something institutional. Mm-hmm. Thus, I don't want the Chargers. They're losers. Guys. And I agree with you in general. I don't like loser franchises. And I do believe the Chargers are in general a loser franchise. What are the numbers say. But Tampa's number five on that list. Yeah. And the Rams are number nine. So it took Tom Brady. To step in and change things. And Burrow hasn't changed the a thing. Burrow comes in and changes. Let's be candid. The Cincy culture has been changed by Burrow. Yes. I think so. Herbert hasn't changed a freaking thing. He's a good quarterback that seems a little dull. Otherwise. I mean, what, I'm not what, sure what, if he's about, a robot. What about the Rams? Oh, the theory is McVay changed things. I, I just don't see anyone. I think the – let's say this. If they don't, This year is the most disappointing year so far of his career. Meaning he's played bad. He's regressed. Herbert, you mean? Yeah. yeah. And the team is way below expectation. I mean, the team was right there, co-favorites. To yes, win and game. Herbert was the MVP favorite. One of yes. the MVP favorites so in before years, the season. Without, yeah. So year three of a program, year two with the, uh, the coach, and it's going downhill. I see nothing to make me feel good about it. If they do, and Herbert's not going to become a leader, then he might be a leader at the quarterback level. Because, listen— Joe Burrow could do things that seemingly no one else. I've never seen a quarterback come in and change a franchise like that. So he, even Brady, I don't think, could have done that when he wasn't Brady. When he started, I don't know if he could have done that. Listen, this is what we're going to do. As soon as the Super Bowl ends and they post next year's odds, we're going to bet the Chargers to win the Super Bowl And then we'll be having the same talk right next year, and RJ will say you're dumb for believing in this loser team. When Sean Payton's the head coach, they're going to win the Super Ah, Bowl. So you're going to bet it on the come. (laughs) In a way, you're combining your bets. All right, because the odds would adjust. Yes. Who knows? The Spanoses might give up five first-round picks instead (laughs) instead of giving any money. All right, little look around the NFL. Some news and notes, as we often tend to do. Dallas Cowboys, who were thought to be in the market for Odell Beckham Jr., nah, that's not going to work out. He can't play this year. It looks like T.Y. Hilton could be the answer that they're looking for. Cowboys adding T.Y. Hilton, who hasn't been with a team this season, but, of course, four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, 23 catches, 331 yards, and three touchdowns in 10 games last year. Cowboys paying him 600k over the last four weeks of the regular season, and he'll count 800,000 against the cap. Good news uh, from an injury perspective, at least for the San Francisco 49ers, as Debo Samuel has a sprain. Mm. It's just a sprain, okay? Uh, Kyle Shanahan gave an update, and uh, according to the team, Debo suffered a sprained MCL in his left knee and a sprained left ankle. He's obviously going to miss time, but there's no broken bones, and he will be back at some point. This is the best part. During the regular season. So expect him back before the playoffs. That's a big deal for them. Uh, It looks like Mike White, who was banged up, uh, to put it nicely, last week against Buffalo. Robert Sala says they expect him to play again. We are proceeding as if he's going to be a full participant in practice and play in the game on Sunday. 
That's a quote from Robert Sala. Uh, they didn't dis- disclose the actual injury. It's a rib injury. No word if it's a broken rib or bruised ribs or what. But they say that he will be out there. Quinn and Williams, 50-50, they're calling him mm. with a calf injury, which I think they lucked out that it was a calf injury because at the time it was a non-contact injury. It looked like it might be a, a, a knee or an Achilles or something much worse than a calf. And we mentioned this earlier, but uh, Russell Wilson's status unknown for uh, this Sunday's game against the Cardinals. He is in the concussion protocol. Some news in college basketball. The Texas Longhorns have suspended Chris Beard, their head coach, after an arrest on an assault charge, a domestic family violence charge, after a woman told police that he strangled and bit her. I'm not going to get into the rumors of who it is. I think if you dig deep enough on Twitter.com, you can find out. It it looks like it it is the woman that he shares a residence with. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, The reporting from the Austin American statement is they had been in an argument during which she broke his glasses before he snapped on her and became super violent, choked her, bit her. She said she had bruises all over her legs, throwing her around and going nuts. And this is a a real, I mean, obviously this is a terrible thing. His lawyer says Chris Beard's 100% innocent of these charges. He never should have been arrested. The complainant wants him released immediately and all charges dismissed. It's truly inconceivable. But the University of Texas found the evidence enough to suspend him. And Texas, a massive favorite against Rice last night, Mm -hmm. ends up winning in overtime. Wow. Uh, in a dog fight. So I, this is for a team that's one of the, the favorites to win the national championship right now. And again, not, this isn't to put domestic violence on the back burner and make it an afterthought. No, it's but not, but what, what's the, what's the Vegas effect here yeah, of uh, him our, not coaching? Our show is, is not about that. Our show is about the, the effect. No Chris Beard would be a major impact on that. Not only for this year, but for next year and for long-term because mm-hmm. Chris Beard is the guy who brought in all this top-tier yeah. talent in the transfer portal. He's the guy who constructed this roster that's built to compete for a national championship. If he's not around, I don't see how they do it. Would you consider taking Stanford plus the points in the next game? I think it, it'll depend on the line. I, I'm imagining after this Rice result, you're going to see a massive adjustment based on this. Stanford is horrible. I don't, okay. I don't but so is Rice. I don't want to – like. I thought about it yesterday. Uh, boy, Texas has so much going on. Chris Beard just got out of jail a couple hours ago. There's no way Texas is going to give a focused result. And then I thought to myself, yeah, but Rice is so bad. <laughs> uh, and I think the same thing about Stanford. I, I, I'm not in a hurry to ride one of those teams, but I'm definitely not looking to bet on Texas, even though you're going to get a reduced number with Texas. And it is a neutral site game, but it's not really a neutral site game because the game's in Dallas. Yeah. So it's uh it's practically a home game for Texas. It's the Pac-12 uh Big 12 whatever coast to coast showdown whatever it's called. Pac-12 coast to coast challenge. That's what it's called. That's where you're going to uh, Stanford is taking on Texas and Dallas. So sounds fun. Go. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah. And, but like I said, <laughs> that game's I, on Sunday by the way. Don't expect Chris Beard to be there on Sunday. Yeah, he well, he's not going to be there yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. But that's the latest going on. Uh anything going on tonight in college hoops? There is, I guess, a couple of top 25 teams in action, but they're all massive favorites. Oh, I guess Alabama's only a six and a half point 
point favorite over Memphis. Yeah, Alabama-Memphis should be an interesting game. Uh, this is, I think, a, a massive coaching edge for Alabama. This is one of the games Griffin and I talked about on our college basketball pod on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, Nate Oates against Penny Hardaway, just a, a, a huge X's and O's advantage for mm-hmm. Alabama. And I, I like Alabama a lot. I also worry about them coming off the win over Houston at Houston, which may be the best win anybody's gotten in any game this season, they're probably feeling themselves. You're probably having to pay a little extra tax if you like Alabama tonight. Well, let's take a look at the action tonight on the hardwood and the ice in a Tuesday evening look ahead. Before we get to the look ahead in the NBA, I do have to take note. Making, I said yesterday on the show, I'm making my first NBA bet of the year. Yeah, held it. Uh, it, it was Cleveland minus five and a half at the Spurs. Got all the way up to Cleveland minus 10. We call that CLV. And you know how CLV, zero nutritional value. You can't eat it. And I lost. I thought for a second I was going to get overtime. Evan Mobley misses the first of two free throws. Mm -hmm. Cavs lose by one. That would have been my only hope. But the fact that it was even close... I mean, it took a Herculean effort by the Cavs to get back. They were getting blown out. It was the wrong pick. And that's why I rarely make a wager on (laughs) NBA. Uh, One NBA note before we get to the rundown is Cade Cunningham, Pistons point guard, number one overall pick, season-ending surgery. So a bummer, one of the game's young stars done for the year. Tonight on the floor, though, the Kings, five-and-a-half-point dogs at the Sixers. Real good game between the Warriors and the Bucks. Bucks favored by four-and-a-half at home. Suns, minus six at the Rockets. Pelicans, minus two at the Jazz. The Boston Celtics, three-and-a-half-point favorites at the Lakers. And I, too, lost a play last night. On the ice, I had the Devils over the Rangers, and New Jersey held a 3-1 lead in the second period, but then the Rangers scored two goals in a seven-second span. Ouch. Yeah. Worst beat yesterday, two goals in seven seconds or Kyler Murray rushing yards over losing on the first rush of the game? Ooh. The only reason I say it was the two goals in seven seconds is because there was a large portion where I was covering and felt like I was good. Okay. The Kyler was gone before it even started. The first rush of the game, you knew the bet was over. Yeah, but you had 59 minutes that you should have had left for him to get over it. But but with him not in the game, you knew the bet was lost. That's true. Okay. At least I'm watching the the Rangers-Devils, and I'm like, hey, I got all this time that I'm winning, and I got a chance to do it. I was peeved that they said, Kyler Murray questionable to return, and I was like, questionable? (laughs) What if he comes out after (laughs) halftime? He comes out after halftime and runs for 33 (laughs) yards. That's all I need. 33 yards! That's not happening. Uh, But let's take a look. Rangers won an overtime, by the way way last night. Let's take a look at what's going on tonight. The Islanders are at the Bruins. Boston minus 235. Total of six. The Kings at the Sabres. That's an even spread there. Uh, minus 110 both ways. Six and a half is the total. Hurricanes at the Red Wings. Carolina minus 145 with a total of six. The Blue Jackets at the Panthers. Florida a heavy favorite. Minus 320 with a total of six and a half as we pray to the hockey gods that we get Elvis Merzlikens for a fifth straight start, but probably not. You're going to look at Corpusalo in net tonight. Still love the Panthers. The Stars are at the Devils. New Jersey looking to bounce back. They've lost two straight games now for the first time since the first two games of the season. They're 21-5-2. New Jersey minus 155, total of six. Kraken are at the Lightning. Tampa minus 195, total six and a half. Ducks at the Maple Leafs. Toronto 
Boy, I just want to take the other side whenever I see a line like this. Toronto minus 420, total six and a half. Oilers uh, are minus 120 in Nashville against the Predators. That's a six and a half total. Golden Knights at the Jets. Winnipeg minus 130, total six. Capitals at the Blackhawks. Washington minus 195, total of six. Let me tell you something about the Caps. They're playing good hockey right now. Four straight wins on the strength of their goaltending, Charlie Lindgren, who's the brother of the Rangers, Ryan Lindgren. Anyway. Uh, Flyers at the Avalanche, Colorado minus 225, total of six. And the Coyotes at the Sharks, San Jose minus 170, with a total of six and a half. If you want to jump on board with any package or any, uh, you know, daily pick at pregame.com, we have plenty of options for you. And new users can get a free $25. And you can use that $25 to buy a best bet. So go to pregame.com, sign up today. It's quick, it's easy, and if you are a first-time user, you do get a free $25. And make sure you click on Contests and find the Bowl Contest because, as AJ and I will record the college football podcast later on tonight, we're going to be previewing the bowl games that start this week, Friday, right? Kickoff of the bowl games on Friday? Yep. So go to pregame.com. Click on contests. You want to find the Bowl Bash. The Bowl Bash contest is live now. It's free to enter. You got to have 20 picks minimum, 50 picks maximum, sides and totals only. The best record is going to win. We're paying out prizes first place through 10th place. First place, $500 cash and $500 pregame bulk dollars. Second place, $250 cash and $250 in pregame bulk dollars. And then third place through 10th place will win varying amounts of pregame bulk dollars. Once again, it is free to enter. Pregame.com. Click on contest. Infinite ROI. That's what that means. For AJ Hoffman and RJ Bell, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.